Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back again to the Undiluted Truth, coming to you from the All Seasons Tabletop Studio. I am Ben, and today's episode is stories from victims of medical... Oh, there I go again. Medical, medical mandates. Mandates and vaccines. I was thinking malpractice again. <laughs> Man, and this is part two. So we're yeah. going to pick up, uh, I believe, right about exactly or very close to where we left off with yeah. the little intro stories, clips um, from the D.C. convention there that they yes. were having. And uh, I will let Mike further introduce that. So let's welcome in our host, Mike. Hey, Ben. How you thank doing? you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, mandates, malpractice, whatever. Yeah, uh, thanks for helping w- me out. With one that. begats the other. <laughs> this is uh, this is true. This is and <laughs> and you know, we've talked about the proof being in the pudding. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, pudding, pudding. That's though. that's southern pudding. Pudding, yeah. P- pudding, pudding. <laughs> I knew a guy named Pudding. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah, that was his nickname. Not Putin. Putin. No, no. Okay. Not, look, Putin. this. This <laughs> podcast ten episode is not political, even though we're in D.C. Sorry about that. Whereas certain well, things, we're not in D.C. Yeah, certain things have to have to happen. Yeah, we're far from D.C. Thank God. Maybe close, too, maybe close too, enough. close maybe, enough. Yeah, yeah, maybe too close for some. But Few uh, hours. Anyway, uh, welcome all you rock tumblers and uh, truth seekers. We are glad to be able to bring you another episode of the undiluted truth here in dc and if you recall the first episode we were just in the middle of what we were calling a little trailer or mini clips of these actual victims of mandates vaccines and i think everyone that you've heard in the first episode it was vaccine related yeah, that's what it sounded like, I believe. But those are not the only people that are at this particular event. And we will uncover a little bit more as we move along. But we're going to pick it up. And I tell you, uh, if if you weren't uh, pulling out the tissues before, you will before this is all over. And you would not be sympathetic or human if you weren't tearing up. So we're going to get through this, and then uh, at the back end of this, we're Dell Bigtree, and just to let you know that this is coming from the high wire. Uh, Dell Big Bigtree is going to be doing an interview that we will uh, get into a bit with the organizer, uh, the main organizer of this event, right. which wasn't Ron Johnson, Senator Ron Johnson. This wasn't him, but it was another woman who is an actual victim. So. Okay. We're going to pick it up here with this individual that we're going to catch him at the back part of his little clip, and he is actually an orthopedic surgeon that was um, affected by vaccine. So, all right, all right, uh, put on your your reasoning and objective ears, and uh, maybe grit your teeth. Listen closely and um, say a prayer, and we'll get going. All right, ready? Yes, sir. Here we go, Ben. Self. They acknowledged my verse submission, but stated my reaction was categorized as 
not serious, as I had not been hospitalized and I hadn't died. One word describes how I felt in the first few months after my diagnosis, abandoned. We did video conferences with Peter Marks and Janet Woodcock, constant emails with Janet Woodcock and myself directly. We have literally asked and we have begged repeatedly for them to acknowledge these reactions. They declined. This experience has shattered my life. Like all of you, I know where you are. The 24-7 tinnitus has robbed me of every moment of silence and peace. The impact on my medical career, which I love and work so hard for, is immeasurable. I deserve to be heard and treated with compassion, but instead I have been called a liar and a fake, and I have even been told by the ER doctors that this is all in my head and that there is nothing medically wrong with me. Among the folks that have contacted our firm are many physicians from across the country who themselves have, have suffered vaccine injuries. One of the things that I often ask physicians who contact the firm is, will you make public the failing of our public health agencies? And that's often has the same reaction as well. And that is one of immense fear. The fear of retaliation from public health officials and the medical establishment. After I reported to my command, my concerns that in one morning I had to ground three out of three pilots due to vaccine injuries. The next day my patient, patients were canceled, my charts were pulled for review, and I was told that I would not be seeing acute patients anymore. Everybody sitting here today, all of the physicians and the medical professionals, PhDs who are attending here today, their careers on the line to come here and do this. It should not be that any physician should have to quote unquote risk it all just to advocate for their patients. Amen. I know many mainstream scientists and medical uh, professionals who similar to me think that the current narrative is extreme and wrong. But very few of them are willing to speak up. Any attempt to deviate from the main narrative today is faced with a wall of hostility rejection, and even elimination from the government, including funding agencies, from public media, and worst of all, from the scientific community itself. Legitimate scientific challenges have been set aside or dismissed as, quote, misinformation, unquote. I worry that young scientists may be reluctant to disclose evidence on vaccine harms. Being labeled as an anti-vaxxer could be a career ender. I'm saddened that we are super saturated as a society right now in the attitude of everybody knows, but if hospitalizations and deaths were almost exclusively occurring in the unvaccinated, why would booster shots be necessary? There's something not adding up and we should all be asking, is it true that this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated? People should not be coerced or bribed to choose between their freedom to bodily autonomy or their livelihood and being injected. This is a human rights social justice issue. For everyone suffering, for everyone being pushed, guilted and frightened into taking this thing or not taking this thing. I see you, I hear you, I believe you, I love you, I am you. Once we leave here, 
they're gonna forget about what we said here. Thanksgiving, I'm gonna spend at the cemetery. Christmas, at that cemetery. I will continue to fight. I will continue to research. I will find an answer for people. Or I will die trying. I would like to finish with a letter from a friend. Bree. I cannot take this any longer. This has taken everything away from me. My career, my family, my life. My body will not stop attacking itself. And this is beyond the worst amount of torture. They have further erased my very existence. Please accept my apologies. I must bid farewell to this world. Please tell our stories. Please make sure the world knows the cruelty that has been imposed upon us. Goodbye, my dear friend. I will see you on the flip side. If the government won't help us, if the drug companies won't help us, who will help us? Okay. That was Brianna Dressen. That last bit. Wow. Um, and that letter from our friend um, sort of says it all. In just a minute, Dell is going to be interviewing her. She is one of the organizers, um, and she was part voluntarily of a clinical trial, and her story is, is pretty compelling. But more importantly, right now for our listeners, I just want them to know that these people are real. There was not a dry eye around that room and that large room in, in those tables um, when she was reading that, that letter. Um, but these are horrific stories, and, and they're true. And I think, for me, Ben, I, I ask myself, how in God's green earth did we get here when this appears not to matter to those that are leading this country, this yeah. great country that we still barely have some freedoms left, but when stories like this, and we only heard little blips, and ladies and gentlemen, we will go through and you will hear some of these stories in their entirety. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a compelling interview coming up, but to see and hear from these people the things that have happened and them doing all of the right things, some of these were actually doctors or professionals uh, one of the women was a lieutenant colonel that was told she will not be given any more critical files to look at. 
I mean, folks, if there's not something being covered up, and the sad part about it is, is that even the loss of life is being considered just insignificant, and it's being kicked off to the side as we have got to basically shut these people up. You could hear all of them that they feel like they're alone. And in that letter, that that friend wanted to know if the government isn't going to help us and the medical <clears throat> leaders are not going to help us, then, then who is going to help us? Yeah. So, Ben, I know that you and I know that a strong appeal to God has to be taken right now in this piece of time that we're in because it is yeah. getting serious it, it it is this is heavy to carry and to see you know we will share the links to this but just, just know it's on the high wire this needs to be shared if if nothing else for the impact of the people of this country to know it's it's 100 real so yeah. well won't delay any further. We'll let uh, Dell and Brianna Dressen, uh, we'll get into that interview here. And uh, the next voice you're going to hear is going to be Dell Bigtree. Well, I'm joined by organizer and participant Brianne Dressen. Brianne, and very emotional testimonies there. Yeah. Um, how did... You know, just watching it now again, now that it's passed, and you can look at it from there. What are your thoughts? It's, it was an amazing experience to be there with these really good people who did their part. You know, we, we all stepped up. We did our part. And, and for us to be together for the first time, um, to be able to support each other in our suffering and and uh, you know the injustices that have been dealt to us. It, it was it was a very powerful experience to be part of, uh, but not only for the injured, but for us to be backed up by you know Senator Johnson and um, these very well accomplished academics and physicians who are all seeing these injustices firsthand for themselves. Mm -hmm. um, so to have all of us together in one place to be able to have an open conversation that has not been allowed to happen. It was very profound, and it, it was beautiful, um, but it was also very heartbreaking uh, to see the, the real reality of what is, is happening in this country, not just to the injured, but for everybody suffering under the oppression of mandates and, you know, um, scientific censorship, academic censorship, medical censorship, big tech censorship. Right. When you, I mean, you got the vaccine, obviously which, you know, probably puts you in this situation. Uh, was there a mandate at that moment when you got it? No. Would you have supported mandates prior to having this happen to you? Had you just been the Brianne before uh, you had this knowledge? Let's say, you know, you got the vaccine. It's, it didn't affect you this way. Are you a person that would have believed in the mandates? That's a good question because knowing just how deep into the narrative that I was, I, I do suspect that maybe, maybe I would have been cool with the mandates before this happened. I, to be completely honest, had this not happened to me, 
I don't know what of this I actually would have believed had I not been living this firsthand. There's okay. I'm just going to pause it quickly. That that's that's a big admission. Yeah, she, you know, she admits. Now here's someone that had to learn a hard lesson, in my opinion, uh, and. God forbid it happens to more, but it is going to. It is going to happen to more. And, you know, her life will never be the same, but she is alive. And what a big admission that she was so into it. Mm-hmm. The propaganda machine was so powerful that she volunteered. And as she gets going, it's, you know, she volunteered. Basically, if you're part of a trial, you're thinking, well, I'm going to be in involved in something that's going to be good for humanity. I'm part of a trial. If I have any adverse effects, uh, I'm going to log them and uh, we're going to get this thing done so that uh, this wonderful country and all these great people are going to put together this super duper miracle vaccine and we're going to get this country rolling again. That's sort of what was her mindset. Uh, But now... She basically would not endorse what's happening now, but we'll let, uh, I I just thought that we wanted to pause. That was a a big admission uh, for for someone that has gone through what she has. So, all right, we'll continue. People that will see an event like this, I don't know how many, but there's those that are out there will say, well, that's just a tiny minority. You know, it's an accepted casualty. Um, what do you say? Is it a tiny, is it a tiny minority and does that make a difference? So how I see this, because there's tens of thousands of us that have found each other and that's with the censorship, with the oppression, with the silencing that's going on, the aggressive oppression for these sick and injured people that are lost and scattered all over the country. They have no idea what's happening in their bodies. They have no one to turn to for help. And somehow we've been able to amass that number of people in just this short amount of time. Mm-hmm. It kind of, I'm not sure how rare it really is, but to me, suffering is suffering. Yeah. You know, uh, if, we're, if we're burying kids and we're burying mothers and we're burying fathers, their lives matter just as much as anyone else's lives, you know, just as much as people that have died from COVID. They're lives matter we matter too amen mm-hmm. i want to really point at the emphasis of she Dell ask ask her you know basically the way he framed that question was you know there there are those that will say that this is just a small number mm-hmm. and you know it's only a few now there was not the number that she mentioned at this event in D.C. But don't miss the fact that she, first of all, she said there are tens of thousands of mm-hmm. us. Yeah. Even as they try their aggressive cancel culture to shut us down through technology and other means, they yeah. still managed to be able to get together, you know, throughout, I, I'm going to guess the world, not just the United States, because th- there are people 
and she's listing that there are people that she she probably knows more than than many of us and and definitely more than you and I do here we're getting right. it sort of firsthand people that are part of this group that no one's going to believe and yeah. they're they're already out there you talk about certain deniers and unvaxxed and vaxxed you know there are adverse effects deniers you know yeah and 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 the more i was just going to say that the the more that they can cancel those people, right? Yeah. The more that they can push that, oh, well, there's, there's, there's all these more deaths and, and you need to get the vaccine. The more they can push that because they're not letting people know about the adverse effects. It's, it's very hard to uncover. Like we've talked about before, it's getting more <laughs> harder and harder to uncover said truth. It, exactly. Know? And so, Yeah. And the more that that they can quiet and delete and get rid of, it allows them to continue to control the narrative, that, you know, exactly. and the whole thing. Exactly. So, um, but she didn't give a number, but tens of thousands. So, I mean, yeah. and you know, that could be up in the hundreds of thousands of people that have been affected yeah. by this. Lives completely changed, and of course, the the further we go in this particular. I don't know how many parts we're going to have here, but there's there'll be several. Though. There's going to be some yeah. serious uh, serious stories that the people need to hear. So, all right, continuing on here with uh, uh, Brianne. You know, I imagine that I think you're probably right, and I imagine that should on CNN or MSNBC or Fox, we heard them say, you know, first of all, they didn't report on this event, right? Uh, if they did, though, if they were going to be transparent, said, you know, thousands of people are claiming they've had injuries or deaths in their family due to this COVID. Um, it's a small group of people, but there's thousands, maybe tens of thousands out there. Um, they could say that. I doubt they will because they know that just those types of numbers would start making people think twice. Don't you think? Right. Yes. Um, for you, you know, how did you get this together? I mean, what was it? What was it that sort of took you from you know being injured yourself to saying I've got to put this in Washington D.C. Where these mandates are coming from? It was. It's been a long process for sure. Um, I didn't talk about my own injury until June. <clears throat> I was actually injured a year ago today. So it's been 365 days. And you were, the, you were in the trials? I was in the clinical trials. For yeah. which, which vaccine? AstraZeneca. AstraZeneca, mm -hmm. okay. Here in the U.S. All right. So I stayed quiet for a long time. I thought maybe I was an isolated incident or, you know, so rare I couldn't find anybody like me. But soon, you know, uh, in the early spring, I started lining up with other people that were having the exact same constellation of symptoms that I was having, but from all of the brands available in the United States. Mm -hmm. uh, and our numbers began to grow and they continue to grow. We were reaching out to the CDC and the FDA and the NIH and we weren't getting anywhere. And then these injuries started happening to kids. And so that's when we realized that we needed to step up and we needed to act. And so that's when we started turning up the heat on these you know, federal agencies that are responsible to be tracking the safety and efficacy of these vaccines. Unfortunately, our repeated cries have fallen on deaf ears. Right. Uh, and, you know, the media has branded us as misinformation, anti-vax. Uh, they've done everything they can to discount us. I mean, I myself, I've talked to three New York Times reporters 
Is it on the New York Times? No. I've talked to two reporters at CNN. Is it there? No. I mean, we've talked to every single major news outlet out there. We've talked to almost every single elected representative in Washington. We've talked to the drug companies. I myself have talked to the heads of the FDA, CDC. We've had uh, Zoom meetings with them. It's not like they don't know. Right. So at that point, we realized, okay, we're going to have to actually, you know, start turning up the heat a little bit more. I mean, you're talking when you're talking about you're talking to Janet Woodcock. Yes. You're talking to Peter Marks. Yes. Uh, what are they saying when you're talking to them? I mean, this is their job. Is we basically have released. Okay, quickly, the two names that were just mentioned, and probably the more important is, is uh, Janet Woodcock. She is the head of the FDA. So, okay. and, uh, you know, wouldn't you think that would be a good place even to have that conversation? If, if you just get the ear of that individual, you might think if, if you're one of these people that have been harmed, well, well now we're going to get somewhere. Well, you would think. You would think. And yeah. just uh, just listen as we continue to go through. Hmm. Right. A almost untested product. You would think they'd have high interest in talking to anyone that maybe is having an issue. Right. And, and the response that I have gotten uh, after talking to several others that have talked to them as well, it's the same narrative that we get back. Oh, no, this is so sad. We'll look into it. Okay. That was maybe permissible, and we were okay with that in February, January. But now it's November, and we're still getting the same line. And Peter Marks himself said to me, you know, our system is not designed to identify multi-symptom signals. So there is no safety signal coming up for the injuries that you, are, you and your group are alleging to have. And we highly suggest that you go to the NIH, and maybe they can help you. Well, that's not an acceptable answer. No. So we just continue to press forward. We're still demanding answers. We're still demanding that these agencies are doing their job, which they're not. They're not being transparent with the data. They know about the sick kids. They know about the suicides. I mean, they know about the clinical trial issues. They know all of it. And still they continue to say, vaccinate, period. Safe and effective, period. There's... Is there any drug that we've had in, the, in this country ever where we have said, here's a drug, no side effects, safe? Right, especially in the face of people calling you directly and saying, I've been injured. I was injured. So let me just take it back because I haven't had the opportunity to talk to somebody that was in the trials. So can I ask you a couple of questions I'd be curious yeah. about? All right, before he gets into those, she's stating this, this is, boy, this gets me steamed up. They know all of this, and to take it to a department, you know, uh, uh, the FDA, and them say, well, basically, well, we don't have indicators on our system for that kind of safety violations, and, uh, you know, uh, wah, wah, wah. Yeah, so it must and, not and, be And true. you need to take that to the NIH. And, and she's exactly right. That's an unacceptable, absolutely unacceptable answer. Not only unacceptable, inexcusable. Inexcu in my opinion, yes, absolutely. Because they they know. She says they know about all of the 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 the, the children that are affected, the the deaths, the, the the all of the adverse events, the whole nine yards. They know, and they probably know 
they probably have a better idea than most of us, the number. But isn't this interesting? Just you get kicked out of the door like you're at some other federal government-run department somewhere, DMV. I don't know. You know how they you, – you, well, well, you need to go to this department or that department. Or get, mm-hmm. Wait a minute. This we're not we're talking about a drug that you guys have endorsed and are still endorsing that's causing death and and life changing medical problems, mm-hmm. and you don't care, and that's what she's saying. Yeah, that well, that, that is that is just unbelievable. Absolutely. Or our new term but, is but sadly I mean, believable. But I mean, going back, it's different information, but going back, David Martin. He sent information yeah. to a bunch of federal agencies. Oh, yeah. They did nothing. Yep. He had um, he had the goods on them. Uh, Judy Mikovits mm-hmm. sent evidence yeah. of different things to agencies, and they did nothing. Yeah. So this is just another one of those, we're giving you evidence, and you're doing nothing. Well, this is I mean, just, yeah. You know, so so at this point, like you're saying, is it really unbelievable? Well, no, it's sadly believable is what it is. Yeah, and, and and we're coming to find that out. But, you know, is what it is. you would eventually think that from a victim that represents tens of thousands, yeah. you know, this isn't coming from another doctor. This right. isn't coming from another attorney. This is coming from... Somebody that's actual, that's yeah. pleading, absolutely. Please help, and somebody that volunteered to be a part of of your trial, right? And Dell's getting ready to ask some pointed questions about her and and yeah. and in this trial. But I tell you what, that just really is aggravating. Uh, yeah, absolutely. To to really yeah. digest that. So yeah. and a quick sidebar: she mentioned that uh, she was part of the AstraZeneca. Uh, a vaccine that was the first one it was yanked off that was the first one that said you know they took off off the market so yeah, I don't just even remember hearing for those yeah because we you know here lately it was it's it, it was the uh, uh pfizer the pfizer moderna the, and the pfizer moderna johnson and, and johnson, johnson. And johnson. Yeah. but yeah astrazeneca was part of the big four so that was okay. the first one that was yanked all right so, all right here we go uh dell's going to ask you some questions about being part of the trial uh, number one, uh, when you're signing the waiver on that, uh, did it talk about antibody-dependent enhancement or immune enhancement or disease enhancement potentials of the vaccination? It's actually strange that you say that because in my informed consent with AstraZeneca, it did talk about antibody enhancement in chimpanzees. And they said that it hasn't been proven in humans, but in the informed consent document, it did have that in there. Okay. And you just went right through that thinking, that's okay. Basically. Okay. All right. Um, Good, but it's good to know. So my next question is someone that puts themselves in a trial, I would think is probably a little bit higher up on the chain of pro-vaccine, right? Mm -hmm. Your goal, I would assume, is to see this as a success. Right. To be a part of that success. So as you started experiencing issues... Were you excited to report them, or do you feel that is there a, is there a conflict there that I might be, you know, giving a bad report to something that I believe in? Well, I mean, for me, I mean, my husband's a scientist, and okay. so you know, we're we're very scientifically minded, right, in our in our family, 
And so I was actually, as my side effects began, I was logging everything by the minute as symptoms popped up. I was like, this is going to be critical data. You know, they're going to want all this information, you know, and, you know, this is part of a clinical trial, even though things are going bad. This is the important information that we need, right? That a clinical trial, that's the whole purpose is to see what can go wrong. Uh, Unfortunately, none of that information is in the clinical trial report that was published by the New England Journal of Medicine last month, end of September. So what's happening to these people when things go wrong? Where is that data? They say that they tracked serious adverse events for 730 days. They followed me for 60 days. That was it. That's it. Two months. Yeah. So no I mean, phone calls since then. No bringing no. you in to discuss anything. No. I mean, the only follow up has been on our part to ask them for money that they agreed to pay for our medical bills. And it's in the contract that they should pay. They wired $590 to my account. That's it. That's it. Mm. So we're hearing a two and a half year ongoing study. This study is not technically ongoing as far as your participation. In. Right. I'm out. I was deleted from the tracking app. My data isn't there. We, it's we not looked, there. So they've taken there. you out of the data. Right. So this is wow. the concern with people that uh, can't get the second dose, right? So, and, and this is happening in the public rollout too, right? There's a certain subset of individuals, a percentage of in the United States of people that have one dose and they can't get the second. Right. Well, why can't they get the second? Why aren't we asking those questions? Sure. Why aren't we collecting that data? That data matters. Because if you're going to have a reaction to the first dose, we shouldn't just erase them, right? Because those, what's the reason? Well, this for is that? a known. Now, quickly, what she's saying is is mm-hmm. using the logic. Why can't they get a second dose? She's saying they're covering it up. If the reason that that they can't get a second dose is we know that there's adverse effects and we don't want them to get a second dose, they're already been part of a trial and there's issues, but they're not telling anybody. They're just saying, well, you can't get the dose. That's why she said, well, what's the reason? Right. They're not given reasons. And then we also know of people that got one dose and then decided not to get the second dose on their own. But yeah, right. We, but we she, know that there's some of that too. But right. Yeah. She's talking about the other way around with, right, know, right, right. with exactly. the trials. Exactly. Because in the trial, it was supposed to say, okay, you get the first dose and you get the second dose, and then we're going to keep tracking the stuff. Well, yeah. now I, I can't. Yeah. Well, why can't you get second dose mm-hmm. well because then we would have to admit that there's some issues that's kind of what she meant by that mm-hmm. scientific issue healthy user bias right right this is what happens when you only take the people that complete the entire thing and say we're only going to look at those that you know get past the second shot I, i'd be i wouldn't be surprised to find out that it's those that make it two weeks past the second shot since we're being told that inside that two weeks after the second shot you're still considered unvaccinated so I wouldn't be surprised if anybody that doesn't make it that two, the two weeks is just erased from the trial because those are the only people that would have been had a benefit from it. And we're not going to look at the casualty that took place right. uh, before that healthy user bias, meaning the only people that get there were those whose bodies could handle it. When the entire purpose of a trial, especially one being rushed the way this one was, is to see how much damage is done from day one, day five, and they simply, in your case, one shot, you're out, we're kicking you out, we're erasing your data because we don't want the world to see what happened. Right, and it's kind of mm. strange because, you know, AstraZeneca is one drug, right? It, right? It's one brand. 
This happened with Pfizer. Um, it, BMJ actually released an article this week talking about uh, you know the potential fraud that's happened with right. clinical trials with Pfizer. Uh, we see that obviously with Maddie DeGarry's case. Right. In her clinical trial, she's coded as a stomach ache. I don't know anyone so in the right We're talking about the little girl that's in the wheelchair now. Yes. She's paralyzed and is listed in the data of the trial as she suffered a stomach ache from the right. vaccination. So does your child's stomach ache put you in a wheelchair? Does your child's stomach ache, you know, cause you to have a feeding tube because right. you have gastroparesis? Does your child's stomach ache make it so you can't feel your legs? I mean, like, we obviously have mm, mm, a mm, gross, um, there's many gaps in, this, in the system. That's an understatement. But, but it starts with yeah. the clinical trials. If we do not have clinical trials that are collecting data with, uh, you know, objective, uh, full integrity, then what are we doing? I mean, after reading my clinical trial report, it reads like a marketing piece. It doesn't read like a scientific report. Um, and that's unfortunate because we're just marching more people down to be harmed, you know, down the path of being harmed when really we need to have some protocols in place. And at this point, I've, I'm a year out, right? Yeah. At that point, you would think that if we were actually tracking people that were harmed early on, that we'd have some real protocols in place to help those that are injured later on you would down think the road. Your husband, as you said, is a scientist. You're both very scientific, obviously, in how you've sort of described how you've handled this whole thing. Uh, he's gotten really involved, too. I mean, you're setting this up, but he spoke before the FDA just uh, over a week ago. Uh, tell me um, what that, what was he speaking about and sort of set that up for me. So the... Uh okay, I'm going to pause it right there. Uh, so that essentially is the interview with her. It, it, and what what he does at the FDA is just basically summarize her story and and talk about how blatantly dishonest and and talks about all the malfeasance and, and illegalities and non-caring and the whole bit right there to the, to the FDA and then right. you know, talked about her being yanked deleted from you know all of the information which you know is extremely important yeah so you know that within itself I mean we don't necessarily need to hear all of that again but it's important to know that he, as a scientist, and, and I don't know at what level, but it's obvious that these people, you know, know a little bit more about medicine and scientific things than your av average couple or family. Yeah. I do know that Dell does end up asking her a question about vaccines and her children, and are you going to have them vaccinated? Right, and she okay. And she says with a great big... No, I am not going to have them vaccinated. I, I would hope that would be the answer. Yeah, so she's learned a tough lesson. And, but ladies and gentlemen, we, we are facing a government that is turning a blind eye. And I think the most important thing is these people are just going, they just as well be, you know, and I'm not saying this as a non-animal lover, but they just as well be slabs of meat. Uh, to these people, they could care less. They could care less about anything other than their agenda. And they're hollering from the rooftops, get vaccinated, it's safe, get vaccinated, it's safe. And she makes she made a great statement at, at the beginning. Have we ever had a drug 
that we have blatantly and blanketly stated, take this, it's safe. You can't even get an aspirin without an eight-foot-long paper of side effects. And here we are with this that is not even being hidden. Mm -hmm. And yet, not only are they deleting these people, trying to shove them off to the side, and God bless the people like the high wire that these people have a voice, and not to forget Ron Johnson that got all of those people there in D.C. Yes. Also want to remember this, and we, we may actually hear him say the ones that he invited, you know, all of the ones, the leaders of the FDA, the Woodcock, and I mean, even the, the Fauci's and, and others that should be at this meeting, yeah. none of them showed up. None of them. So that's that's where we are. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, uh, if you feel a little steamed, if you're getting a little, your blood's boiling a little bit, well, well, join the crowd because I can tell you after the, you know, after you dry the tears, then you know my humanistic compassion wants something done, and yeah. and that's sort of where absolutely that's sort of where where we are, folks. So. Uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap this one right here, Ben, and uh, we'll pick it up on the other side. Uh, and I think the other side is going to be some more personal testimonies in their entirety. So, okay, uh, let's uh, let's bow our heads, Father in heaven, Lord. We thank you so much for people like Brienne. Uh, dressing and and uh, just her being able to step up and help coordinate and to bring uh, this to the attention of not just those in the United States but the world. And Lord, she mentioned tens of thousands. We have no idea who they are, or what their what their stories are, but we just heard a few from children being placed on feeding tubes and wheelchairs, children facing, well, I should say parents facing death of the children and having to live through that, uh, to a litany of other medical problems. Lord, uh, we just pray that your spirit be with them. May they feel your presence. Help them to heal mentally Help those to heal physically. Lord, we know you are the great physician and that you can do that. You have made us fearfully and wonderfully. Help to give them the faith that they need to rely on you for whatever their needs may be down to the end. And Lord, we also want to lift up uh, the High Wire, Dell Bigtree, and all of those people. Uh, Thank you again for the platform you've given us here. And Lord, as we... Uh, part ways on this episode. Uh, may every intent of our thought be pure. And we pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 